You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Okay, so one of the things that I want to talk about is is another... But not another, but a vision that fits within the vision that we talked about this morning. Something that the Lord has released that is a subpart um, that comes within this season of us being the father uh, running to receive the prodigal sons and daughters. So what uh, one of the ways that this looks is that this community becomes, or this church becomes, about this community in the sense that this is the church in sundown. Not that we're the only ones, we're the only ones that exist, but that there is a unity of those that are believers in Christ Jesus in sundown. And it's, it's founded and it's scriptural, and we're going to look at that. But that this church um, would just be heavily invested in our, in our community. We have been in a, in a season uh, where the Lord has been preparing us for a lot of things, and we've been going a lot of different directions, um, good directions. And I feel like he, I don't feel like I know that he's finally bringing us to this place where we're equipped and we're ready to focus in and hone in on this one place. And, and that is this community that this is the first thought when anybody's in need, anybody's in trouble, uh, anything, their first thought is I need to call the church because it is such a, a beacon of hope. We've for a long time, considered that school to be the lifeblood of this town. That's not anymore. Not anything against that school, because that's a wonderful place, and the Lord's doing awesome things there. But it was never intended to be the lifeblood of this town. It was not. This place is. What the Lord is doing here is to be the lifeblood of this town. And so this is, that's, that's what he's doing. That's what he's wanting to do. But that's what it looks like. That's what happens. We read in Acts 2, 42 through 47, when we see this church that is about their community, it says that they were uh, devoted uh, to the apostles' teachings, to breaking of bread, to fellowship, to, uh, to worship. And, and they were walking in obedience because that's what, when it says that they sold all their possessions and distributed uh, the proceeds to all, is any that had need. That was a moment of obedience. That's not saying if you're a Christian, this is what you do. You sell everything you have and you give all the proceeds to somebody else and end up homeless and broke. That's not what it's saying. That was a moment of obedience for that congregation, the first church, a selfless act, no surprise there, um, to remove the view of self, but only the view of others. And then in that moment of obedience, it says right there at the bottom that they had favor in that community. And that day by day, the Lord was adding to their number those that were being saved. They had favor in their community because they were about their community. And it wasn't that they were just, they weren't doing events. They weren't having block parties. They weren't having fundraisers for different things. They weren't busy. They were devoted to God and one another. And in that, they found themselves in the will of God and walking in obedience to what he had. And in that, they found favor with those outside of the congregation. And he added to their number day by day those that were being saved. That's what the Lord is wanting to do here in this town as, as we are the father running out to meet the prodigal sons and daughters. 
that we would be uh, just like every one of Paul's letters starts, the church in sundown. Every one of his letters uh, has such an interesting way of starting, but it always starts with his address to the church in this city. There's a church in this city. And Randy even talked about it last week, that this church and this church would exist in unity. It wouldn't be a two separate entities any longer, but it would be a, a functioning uh, unit. It would be one body uh, united under the banner of Christ operating together. So that's what that, that title is about. The church in sundown is not to eliminate all other places of worship that we have here in sundown, which is just the two of us now. I don't know. The Catholic church is closed. I don't know that the other Catholic church is having anything. I think we're down to two. Um, we have, I think we started, when I got here, there were five, two, three, four, five, yeah, two Church of Christ, two Catholic Church, and us. I think now, are they still meeting? Okay, that was the one I wasn't sure if they were meeting or not. Okay, so there's the three of us. That we, it's, it's like if they're like, it's really just like a family, if they're in town for the holidays, they'll just go and have church in there, yeah. Um, but it's not a, a daily, yeah. yeah. But that we would just exist as one together in this community. And so we're going to look at that. If you'll start, we're going to hit every letter that Paul wrote in the New Testament. So we're going to be moving through it pretty quick. But luckily for you, they're one right after another, okay, starting in Romans. So this is super simple, and we're only going to be in Romans is the longest bit. We're reading seven verses. Okay, and the rest is just one to two to four. I think that's it. Um, but I want us to look at how Paul starts his address to this. Um, his address to these churches and every one of these letters. There's some cons consistencies that I want us to pick up on. Uh, Romans 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of of his name among the nations, including you who were called to belong to Christ Jesus. To those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, and let's just keep going. Let's flip over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 1. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sothenus, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, 2 Corinthians. Paul. 
Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is in Corinth with all the saints who are in the whole Achaia, I don't know, uh, grace to you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, moving on. This is just like Bible trivia for you. Galatians is next. Verse 1, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ the God, and the God and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me to the church in Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Then Ephesians. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, Philippians is next. Chapter 1, verse 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace. From God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians will be next. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace, and, grace to you and peace with God our Father. 1 Thessalonians. We're about, yeah, we're halfway. Should be encouraging. Yeah, it's fast. I'm telling you, it's Bible trivia. Who can get there first? 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 1. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. 2 Thessalonians. Very similar. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of to the church of Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. Then 1 Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by command of God our Savior in Christ Jesus, our hope. To Timothy, my true child in faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, 2 Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, Titus. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which Accords with godliness and hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the age began and at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior. To Titus, my true child and common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. Okay, and Philemon. Paul a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, 
and Aphia, our sister, Archippus, Archippus, I don't know, our fellow soldier in the church in your house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's pretty cool because it's, it's like the, I don't know if it's the first, I guess they were all house churches, but that's like the first official house church like written about in Scripture, which is really cool. I don't know if you guys have ever been a part of a house church, but those things are, they're cool. Um, and a lot, when you think about it, a lot of, they didn't, they had a temple to go to, but in a lot of these places, they didn't, they didn't even have a temple. So they just, house church is where it really started, where it really got down when you were talking about the mission field. Um, and it's so cool to see that that's still something um, so powerful today. But anyways, what are some of the commonalities that we hear in every one of those intros to these letters? What's one thing that you heard? Okay. Yep. Grace and peace. Yes. How did Paul start every single letter? As far as when he was, when he was letting them know who was addressing them. Yeah. What was so profound to me and his operating in this, and I believe in our operating and being the church in sundown, something that we have to stand on that we see Paul stand on, uh, is that he was always standing on this, on this foundation of him who has sent him, the one who has sent him. The one who has spoken these things to him. He never left from that place. Every single intro started. Paul, sent by Christ to you. He knew. He never acted of his own accord. He knew that he was sent and he stood on that foundation that God had given him. That you are sent to this place. I'm giving you words to speak to this place. And he would stand on that even in the intro. He would let them know I'm standing on the firm foundation of the spoken word of God that has come to me. And who he's called me to be and what he's called me to speak in this moment. And that's where I'm standing. Profound to me. He, he, was, he was always standing on this place and this authority and this solid foundation of who was sending him. I think that's really important for us to always stand on that place of who is sending me. When we are the father running out to meet the prodigal sons and daughters, you can't expect there to always be happy meetings. I mean, it's very interesting. It's a survival instinct. Um, that's why they teach you. Uh, you know, I've, I've been certified to be a lifeguard. This is a little fun Parker trivia. Since I was 15 years old. I'm 29 now. I've not ever not been certified to be a lifeguard. Just through weird jobs. And it was always required. So I just kept up with the certification. But they teach you when you're going to rescue somebody that their initial response if they're active, they're not going to be to receive your help. They are going to take you down with them. They are in fight or flight. They could care less about your safety. They're thinking about themselves. And not, not with any malicious intent in them. They're just thinking. They're going into primal instinct. Survive or, or don't. Those are the only options that they have. So they teach you how to rescue in accordance with that. And it's the same when we're going out to meet these prodigal sons and daughters, because what would have happened in that story if the son said, no, I'm not worthy to wear this. I've done all this to you. I'm not worthy to do this. 
right? He received it, and that's awesome. And that helps us explain what the Lord is doing, but it's not always going to be easily received. I remember standing right here when Rhea and Amanda were prophesying over Sarah and I five years ago. And I had been anointed a prophet two years before that. And they said, uh, I think it was Rhea said this, that you have been anointed this before, but it's like a cloak and you don't know how to wear it. Like you, and you won't allow yourself to get comfortable in it. You don't know how to receive it. That was the issue. I would not receive it for myself. And a lot of us in here can relate to that where we've heard truth. We know the answer to the issue we're dealing with. But that doesn't always get rid of the issue that we're dealing with, does it? It takes us time, some time to receive that word that is going to bring that freedom. For whatever reason, we, we choose the hard road, right? We've all chosen that road, and we look back like, why did I do that? Why didn't I just take the easy path with God? I saw it. I knew it was right there, but I chose, no, 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 no. I want to stay in this turmoil a little bit longer. I, I kind of poke at that, but that's the reality. It's familiar. It's easier to comprehend. It's easier to measure yourself by what is seen versus what is unseen. It's easy to say, I've made a lot of mistakes, so I am those mistakes. And to say, this God I cannot see is saying that I am this. I can't see Redeemer. I can see it now, but when he spoke, it's like, what does, that even, what does that even look like? A lot of people are like that when they, they find out that identity. They don't know how to wear that, see that. So it's not always an easy road of immediate acceptance and receiving. But it's when we stand on that place of, I know who has sent me to you. That allows us to be unwavering in our delivery of the truth that will set them free. Because if we're rejected the first time, they're like, no. <clears throat> Even though they're on this road to return home, no, that's not who I am. Or maybe they receive a little bit of it, but they don't receive all of it. We know who sent, who sent us to them. So we're unwavering. We can stay in that moment with them. We can continue to walk alongside them until they receive fully all that God has for them. It's not us being the father Meeting the prodigal sons and daughters is not always going to be easy. Sometimes it's going to be uphill. And you know, I wonder what that walk back looked like. I wonder how far off he really was. What did that walk back look like? I imagine that he was far. I kind of see it just in my head like there was a hill. And you just see him coming over that hill and he just, boom, beelines. And what... What was that walk back like? Was the son just like, I don't, why are you doing this? I don't deserve this. You know, and this is all Parker. This is not anything that we can see. Obviously, this is a story that Jesus gave us, but um, it's not always going to be an easy road in bringing those prodigal sons and daughters home. But, oh man, but it is so much easier when we stand on the foundation of I know who has sent me, it's his work to do. It's not mine. Paul knew that in these letters. What I'm about to say is his word. It's not mine. And it's the work that he wants to do, not the work that Paul wants to do. 
It's not my responsibility. All I've got to do is deliver it and stand firm on the foundation of him who sent me. So I think that's important for us to recognize. He was operating from a place of fullness. Not towards fullness, but from a place of fullness. This is who I am. This is what God has said. And this is where I'm operating from. Not to achieve what the Lord has already spoken, but operating from that solid place of foundation. That's what it looks like. He was declaring the truth of the, situa- the, truth, of the situation, truth of the identity, truth of the circumstance. He was operating from fullness, not towards it. Okay? So we must operate from that place of fullness. Again, we can't give away what we don't have. And if we run to meet somebody and there's doubt in us about where they belong in this, can we give them truth and freedom in life? No. That can't exist in us. We have to stand on the solid foundation operating in fullness. I know who God has created me to be. So now I can see fully who God has created you to be. And we have to be, even the things about us, and this is the really fun thing about being a part of the body of Christ, is there may be a new person that walks through that door next Sunday, and that new person is going to have this ability, this identity that's going to unlock something new in all of us. That's the body of Christ. We are members one of another. So the more of us that there are, the more of me I begin to understand. Because that's how God created it. I understand more about this finger and how it operates when I understand the rest of the arm. And how this finger in motion originates up in here. I can recognize those things. That's really cool when new people come in because new parts of me that I didn't know were there that couldn't be unlocked without that person get to be unlocked. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. But we must operate from that place of fullness. And then this was already said. But the, the, how he, how he kind of finished his intro before he got into the meat of what they were going to talk about in these letters is grace and peace to you from our Father and our Lord Christ Jesus. Grace and peace. I want to, obviously I want to focus on the peace. Go to Philippians, go back a little bit, 4, 6. 4, verse 6. You guys have heard me on this several times. Uh, I love this. Um, 4 verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He said, and he desired... For them to live in peace. And this is so important. So important. Because, you know, if we're going to this ambulance driver analogy that the Lord just kind of dumped on me this morning. um, How are you going to feel if the ambulance driver shows up to your emergency and they're freaking out? Like, oh man, that's a lot of blood. Oh God, I am not prepared for this. You are not going to feel great. Have you guys seen that Geico commercial uh, where, you know, how's, have you worked with this doctor before? Oh, yeah, he's okay. What? He comes walking in. Guess who's getting reinstated? Um, and, yeah, yeah, not officially. And, uh, yeah, are you nervous? Yeah, me too. 
Yeah, we'll figure it out when we're in there. You know, that's not what you want to hear from your doctor before you go into surgery. It's, uh, I'm really unsure about myself and uh, what we're about to do, so uh, let's go have fun. Okay? Uh, it's the same with us. If we're going out to meet these people, there can't be anything but peace in us. Because I truly believe, the Lord has released some vision of this, but I truly believe that where he's going to call us is not going to be fun places to go all the time. I think these prodigal sons and daughters are going to have every desire to return home, but they're not going to know how to even start on the journey. And we have to go and find them in these dark places. I, I believe some of them will be on their way but I believe some of them we're going to have to put on the highway. They have every desire to get on it. No means in and of themselves to get to it. So I think we're going to have to go to dark places in the midst of hurt and struggle. And we're going to have to go to these people where they are. You know, the biggest part of my ministry with the youth that we knew, and I could take you to the Starbucks in Terrell, Texas, and put you in the seat where I was in and put you where Randy was. I mean, I, it was sunny. It was like 62 degrees outside. I mean, I remember every detail of this moment. When the Lord said that I would engage these kids actively through activity. And it didn't make sense to us for a while, but the Lord was building that opportunity for me to then be in the school and engage them actively. Right, But for my ministry to exist, it, one, had to be received by this house that it would not be orthodox in any way, shape, or form. I would not look like any youth pastor that's ever been uh, or will ever be. It was going to be very, very unique for this time. I mean, because even now, I spend a majority of my days not here. But spend it where they are. And that was the point. The Lord was bringing me to the place that they were because they weren't going to come here. That's just the generation now. They're not going to come to church unless you've got several entertainment things on the checklist of fun stuff to do. It's just not going to happen. And at the end of the day, sundown kids, and I don't blame them for this, they don't want to see more sundown kids. I understand that. Especially when you've been with each other since the four-year-old program. And you see each other every day. It's like, no, I'm going to go see these guys over here. I get it. But so we had to be where they were at. And I believe that the Lord is leading this body, this house, to be where they're at. Be where these people are at. To go, but not just as individuals, to go as a body to where these people are and bring them out. But in doing that, we have to live from a place of peace and in peace. And that's so simple. This is not something that we need to take the hard road in learning. Please don't do that because it is so easy. The Prince of Peace lives in you. If you are saved, the Prince of Peace literally lives in you. You can't get no simpler. All you got to do is live thankful. And I, I shared with you the, the kind of exercise that I do. I just start thanking God when I can feel that peace, when I can feel myself choosing something else besides that peace, I start thanking God. And it gets silly. Start thanking Him for the shoes on my feet, the socks in these shoes. I mean, because I've been to countries and kids are wearing shoes and they think that's a big deal. 
And they're like, what are those things on your feet before you put your shoes on? I'm like, they're socks. You guys don't have socks? What's a sock? It's like, I have a sock drawer. I'm like, what? It, it, but it's a simple thing. But man, I'm thankful for that. You know, yesterday, uh, we, uh, crazy circumstances. I grew up on a ranch in Oklahoma, Texas, or Oklahoma, Texas. <laughs> Skytook, Oklahoma, before I moved to Texas. There's the story. There's the connection. Um, God bless Texas. Oklahoma, Texas. Who? again, I'm tired. Okay, we're moving on. Um, and so that was my life for the longest time. And I thought when I moved to Texas, it was done. Just over. And then in college, the Lord surprised me with just this random job from a guy that just came up to me in church one day and said, hey, you know how to fix stuff? I was like, uh, yes. Like, that's a loaded question. That, that could mean anything. Um, and that ended up being a two-and-a-half-year uh, ranch hand job where I got to do all that stuff that I loved again. And just Lord just gave it to me. And then yesterday, I'm on one of the two free horses that's been given to R.D. Cole and I, and we're riding around on a friend's land with the friend's cows. As far as the eye can see, there's not enough hours in the day to go across all this land. I'm just like, God has done this again. He has just so led us to this place um, of just beauty and it's and it's one of the desires of your heart that you don't even really pray for him to to give you it just exists in your heart you don't even ask for it but it just exists there and then all of a sudden you find yourself in the midst of that um and it's just like man there's i cannot run out of things to be thankful for so this peace can't ever leave and i'm serious when graham cook said i do not remember what worry feels like it's like, that's going to be me. I am not going to remember the feeling of worry. I'm not going to remember the feeling of anxiety. I'm not going to remember the feeling of doubt. I don't want it. I don't want it to exist in me. And there's no reason it should because the Prince of Peace dwells in me. And it's so easy to access that peace that surpasses understanding because all we've got to do is be thankful. And we have so much to be thankful for. And this next thing, so that was all one point, and, and being the church in sundown. And the next thing the Lord showed me within uh, being this father running out to meet the prodigal sons and daughters was that he was going to, in that, he was going to build the fire. That there would just be this fire. And, and if you talk to Amy Green, is that word incarnate? Just talk to her about what the Lord is doing in her life right now. You, you just get excited. Just I, Like this morning, I was just sad that she wasn't here. Because it's just different. When, and, you know, I get the opportunity of just sitting right there and worshiping right next to her. And I, I just love when she's there. Because she brings this fire. But the Lord is doing that not just in individuals. He's doing it in the, in the individual so that he can do it collectively. That this place would just be a fire. Of, of the Holy Spirit and of the move of God, that this place would just be a fire. Go ahead and turn to Hebrews 12, <clears throat> 12, 29. 
we're gonna we're gonna hit three scriptures. They're short. Um, but Hebrews twelve twenty nine. This is a common one. For our God is a consuming fire. A consuming fire. And that's such an interesting thought when you think of this consuming fire that now lives in me. But for our God is a consuming fire and that consuming fire lives in me. So what does that look like when that consuming fire lives in me and it lives in you and then we get, we get together? I think, I think we're, looking at, we're looking into the face of understanding what that is. I think to where we really see what that is. To where I can, I can take you back to a tangible moment where I know that my God is a consuming fire. Because things that were not of him were burned away in an instant and I saw the fire. Felt it. You hear about people feeling that fire all the time. Just touched in a moment of prayer and all they just feel fire run through their body or uh, people that are struggling with uh, diseases or different things like that uh, in, in this moment of prayer, all of a sudden they just, this fire, and all of a sudden that's gone. Um, so anyways, our God is a consuming fire and our God dwells in us. So if our God, this consuming fire dwells in us, when we come together, what does that fire look like? And then uh, Luke uh, 3.16 and you can, just, you can just listen to these two because they're quick. Uh, Luke 3.16, John answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming. The strap of those sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Man, I'm excited for those days to see people baptized with fire. Baptized with it. And now we've been, we've been baptized because the old, in that fire as well because the old is gone and that doesn't exist in us anymore. The new has come. If you've, if you've been baptized, if you've received the Holy Spirit, that's been done in you. But I'm talking about when we meet these prodigal sons and daughters and they're ready to receive that truth and we just lay that hand of that consuming fire on them and boom, it's done. Anything that is not of God no longer exists in that person anymore. I'm talking about the radical transformation of these people, not the not the years and years and years of struggle and struggle and struggle, but I'm talking about the radical transformation when they're ready to receive what God has. In that moment, fire burns away anything that's not of him anymore. And then Psalm 104, verse 4. He makes his messengers winds, his ministers a flaming fire. You are his ministers. So you are a flaming fire. And I say this because I want you to, as we talked about with Paul, operate from that place of I know who has sent me. Operate from that place of, a, of solid foundation. The Lord has said that he's building the fire. Randy saw that word. He is building the fire. You are the flame. You are those, those individual flames. You are a flaming fire because you are his ministers. You are his ministers because we all in Christ Jesus have been given the ministry of reconciliation. We read about this morning. Every one of us has been given that ministry that we would reconcile the world to God. So if we are ministers of reconciliation, then we are ministers of flaming fire. But anyways, that's, that's a, 
another piece to this of being the father running out to meet the prodigal sons and daughters is that we are going to be this, this church that is of and for this community. And the community is going to know. We know that. We in here, when we meet on Sundays, we, there's no doubt that we have a desire and a passion for this community. But the community is going to receive it again. There's been a, there's been a while, and it's, it's hard to talk about, but we can't ignore it. That there's been a while where that community has almost kind of been like, yeah. But in turn, we've kind of also been like, yeah. Okay, and there, there's going to be this meshing again. And it's not been in a malicious way or we don't want anything to do with it way, but we have been in an emergency room and there's been craziness going on, full-on craziness. And the Lord has been a surgeon with precision in everything that he had to do and everything that he had to prepare us for for what was next. There's, I mean, just thinking about a couple weeks ago when um, Randy, oh gosh, where is it? I mean, so I guess this was maybe three, two or three weeks ago where Randy just gets up and says, uh, I, can't, I can't even start before I pray because there's people in here who believe that they're not enough. And you have to, and it's not about you being enough. It's, it's that God is enough. I am is enough. So therefore, you are enough. And I'm sitting right back there, puzzling, just wondering about ways that uh, I'm going to do certain things, just really feeling inadequate to do these things. He dealt with it right there. The Lord has been precise in his dealings with us, preparing us for our ability to be precise in our dealings with everything outside of this building. Um. And so anyways, this is going to be the church of sundown again that a lot of you grew up with in the, in the sense that this was the place where you came to meet with God. The, and not just, not the building, but the people. And it was known, the people of God dwell here. And there was favor in the community. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those that were being saved. And that he's going, he's going to build this fire but we have to make sure that we are operating from a place of truth and solid foundation that I know who has sent me. And I'm not wavering from that place, but also I will not feel anything but peace in any of this because the Prince of Peace lives in me. I mean, and Graham Cook said that, but that may be one of the most reassuring things I've ever heard in my entire life. Ever. It is, it is, it daily keeps my feet on the ground. The Prince of Peace lives in me. Profound. But it's in that truth that allows us to remain in that peace and then minister as God would minister, delivering that flame, delivering that fire, and, and not wavering from that place because we don't feel anything but peace. Even when chaos is all around us, we're peaceful. Well, Lord, we just thank you for this evening. We thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you're doing, all that you're building, and all that we get to be a part of.
pray that you would just give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, I pray that we would operate uh, from this place of fullness, standing firm on the foundation of knowing who has sent us and knowing who has called us and knowing who has created us. Lord, I pray that we would just always and forever live in a place of peace because we have the Prince of Peace that dwells in us. So I pray anything that goes against that, we would reject immediately. Lord, in those times of trouble when we're trying to stay peaceful and having a hard time, I pray that we would just begin to say these things that we're thankful for. We would just remain thankful for all that you've done, all that you're doing. You're so good. So, so good to us. Your blessings uh, towards us, we can't fathom or comprehend. We can't count them all. So we just thank you for all that you're doing here. Just pray for goodness uh, to fall in this place. Uh, and Lord, for it to become so clear that it is a move of God that's happening here. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.